Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees here in Wales and one of the presenters for Dragon Bites. A few weeks ago we had the absolute privilege of being joined by several members of Team Soft Landing. If you've not heard of this project before, it's a group of paediatricians, trainees, consultants and non-trainees who also happen to be international medical graduates who've come together as a group to find ways to improve the experiences of international medical graduates coming to work in the UK as paediatricians. As you can imagine, there was just loads to talk about with the gang, so we split our chat into three episodes. In this first episode, we speak to Team Soft Landings about the international medical graduate experience of adapting to working and training in the NHS. There were some incredible insights here. Anyway, let's get started. Hi everyone, I'm Tom. I'm one of the Dragon Bites hosts and um, we are extremely lucky to have uh, a group of paediatricians on with us today. And uh, what I'd really like to start with is um, we'll go through one by one uh, and I'd quite like to know a little bit about yourselves, um, who you are, where you've come from if you are an international graduate, when you came to the UK and and kind of what, what you're currently doing at the moment. Um, if we could start with uh, Dr. Nadia Bashar, uh, that would be fantastic. Hi, Tom, and thank you for having us here today. It's um, very exciting. Thank you very much. Um, so my name is Nadia Bashar. I am um, uh, graduated from uh, Cairo, Egypt, many, many years ago. I'm not going to say. Um, you can probably look me up on the GMC. So, yeah, 2006. <laughs> I graduated in Egypt, I worked a little bit in Egypt, then I went back to Sudan, which is where I grew up. Uh, I worked for a little while there in paediatrics, that's where it all started, my journey in peds in 2008. And um, I went to Saudi Arabia in 2012, where I worked predominantly in the neonatal unit, it was a tertiary level. Uh, I came to the UK 2017. Uh, in, I finished my MRCPCH exams and all that out in Saudi. Uh, my aim in coming to the UK was to obviously apply for training. Um, and I had a very, very soft landing at the Royal London Hospital, and which I'm very grateful for. Uh, I have to um, mention that here and a big shout out to the Royal London. Uh, and I'm currently um, almost LBST 7, hopefully in March. Um, peace trainee in London. Great, thanks very much. Um, then we've got Dr. Habab Hassan. Hello, hi. Uh, thank you for having us, and I hope that you will enjoy our company. Uh, my name is Habab. I'm Sudanese. Um, I'm a graduate from University of Khartoum, Sudan, 2011. Um, I have started my pediatric practice in Sudan for a few years. Then I moved to Saudi Arabia. When I met Nadia for the first time there, uh, we were colleagues. Uh, she was in the neonatal unit and I have been in the cardiology, pediatric cardiology department. I have been, I worked there for like three years. Then I moved to the UK by April, 2019. I have started my journey in the NHS in King's College Hospital, Princess Royal University Hospital. Um, uh, it was a pretty good start. I worked there for about 16 months. 
before securing my training post and moving to Thames Vadinari. Currently, uh, I'm at Wixom Park Hospital in Islau, and I will be in Oxford University Hospital in, in March. Uh, I joined the training at the level of ST4. ST4 at the moment? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and the next one we've got, we've got, we're, we're inundated. We've got four wonderful uh, guests today. The next one is Dr. Jaspreet Soki. Hi, um, thank you for having us. It's a brilliant opportunity for us. Um, I'm originally from Kenya. I'm born there, studied most of my life there. Um, did my postgraduate in pediatrics and child health and completed it before moving to the UK after marriage. Um, I think when I came here, I hadn't completed my registration, so I began from scratch. It took me two years to complete that process, so I wasn't working. Um, I began as an, at an SHO level. My first job was at Princess Royal University Hospital, so similar to Habab. I worked there for about 11 months, then moved to St. George's, where I've been since then. Um, it's been quite a supportive environment. I have um, moved up to reg level now, but in terms of training number, I did apply for a training number that got a post in a place outside London which I wasn't happy to move to so I'm currently still in a non-training post but building my experience as I can. Thanks Jaspreet and uh, and finally from uh, the the team soft landing team Dr Rashmi Mehta. Hello thank you for having us so um, I graduated in Mumbai um, and um, I didn't do um, any post-graduation there and then I came to UK. Um, I did want to have a surgical background and therefore I started with some surgical posts um, and gradually um, sort of moved to A&E. Um, but I didn't like that I couldn't continue to see my patients and there was lack of continuity. So I was drifted towards pediatrics uh, from there. Um, after which I did uh, secure a locum assisted training post um, and thereafter went on to maternity leave. Um, after my maternity leave, um, just as I joined in back, we had two close bereavements in the house. Uh, one was my father and um, the second bereavement was my father-in-law in the same year. So... Um, I, I took a break um, and my son, when he was three years old, um, I joined into non-training post again, uh, finished my exams and thereafter um, I joined in as an ST4. Um, currently I'm an ST6 uh, in West Midlands. Great. Well, thanks so much for everyone joining us. One more introduction that we need to do. And that is one of my favorite colleagues that I actually work with at the moment called Dr. Mega Jagger. So she's a, a guest host today. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself, Mega? Hi, everyone. My name is Mega. Um, I am an international graduate from in India. I came to the UK in 2015, currently at an ST4 level working in Wales. And I suppose the final introduction, everyone knows him. He's, uh, he's our favourite host. It's uh, Asim Javed. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure if I'm everyone's favourite host, but I do spend a lot of my time talking to everyone. Hi, I'm Asim, um, one of the other hosts for Dragon Bites. Thank you, thank you. Well, thanks very much, everyone, for joining us. I've got a lot of questions to ask, but before I get stuck into my questions, um, I think Asim's got some questions for everyone. 
Yeah, thanks for that, Tom. Yeah, so I mean, um, teams, team soft landing. It was a, uh, it was something that we've come across on Twitter, and hopefully, we'll hear a bit more about that in a second. But I think what links a lot of our, um, what links our guests here today, and and our, and our host Med- Mega, is the fact that they're all international medical graduates, and I think that's really pertinent to the podcast today. So, what I wanted to find out from you all was a bit about you know, what the international medical graduate experience is like, what it's like to come over and uh, join the NHS and try to join training in the UK and whether you could tell us a little bit about the experiences you've had and maybe even some of the difficulties you might have run into. If it's okay, is it right to start with yourself first, Rashmi? Yeah, um, I didn't do any post-graduation in India and so... um... It, it was different from what teachings we had in medical schools. So it was um, starting from scratch at the time. I didn't have any family around me either. So um, um, it, it was quite an experience in terms of, at the time, sort of making new friends, uh, also being away, lonely <laughs> from home. Um, the striking thing was that you come from an environment in India where it is so noisy and everybody is chatting to you. There's always someone around you. And suddenly you find yourself in an environment where you are in um, sort of hospital accommodation. The winters, they are really cold uh, and um, you have short days. So that's a bit of shock. But then you meet sort of new people at work. Um, You try and adapt. Uh, You try and um, have various experiences. So I learned my bike (laughs) when I was 25. When I was here, I learned how to bike for the first time. And uh, it was in Hexham. And it was something really lovely and special. Um, So, yes, I did have some fun adventures. um, And did find myself a bit lonely to start off with but then gradually over a period of time you adapt um, you make friends from work point of view um, it, it was a different experience for me in terms of how you communicate you see your other counterparts at times um, they're able to express themselves better than what you are able to so, so uh, yeah I've got as much to say uh, at the moment sorry Asim for now no no that's absolutely fine I, I so I think you've hit upon a few things that I've always I think has always been in the f- forefront of people's minds when I've walked, worked with um, international medical graduates before and I think the theme that theme of loneliness is it's always really hard hitting when you hear it the fact that in your case um, Rashmi that that was perhaps exacerbated or mirrored in the in the sort of environmental change from being a noisy environment to a really quiet subdued one must have been like a dramatic change but then it's still heartwarming to hear that you use that time to learn a new skill so that's lovely yeah i um i don't know do, do any of the others um any other members from um from Team Soft Landing? I mean, you must have either had similar experiences or maybe you had a very different experience. Did, did you have any thoughts around this? I think um, echoing what Rashmi has said, it's it's kind of universal for most um, IMG um, pediatricians or doctors in general who come. It's, it's 
it's um it's a not an easy transition you come as Rashmi said from an environment where you're there's always someone to talk to it's noisy it's chatty there's neighbors there's people in out to I'm not going to say you cut you see it's like isolated but you're kind of it's quite lonely um then it, if you if you sit down with the IMGs and you have have a chat you you will you will it will be a kind of a common kind of thing between all IMGs. There has been lots of sacrifices along the way to get to this point, whether that be um, family, emotional, financial, like people really put a lot of effort into making this journey to come and um, get gain experience in the UK or train um, or subspeciality training or whatever that their goal may be. So there is a kind of a common multiple sacrifices along the way and you get here and you start your first job um um i was very lucky to land in a, into a very supportive environment and i will say this again and again and and, and I, I i owe a lot of where i am now and, and in my training and in general as a doctor to the first place i worked which was the royal london and how supportive they were um but through our work prior to launching soft landing and speaking in on, on just on various platforms and networks that we formed um, like on a social level um, not everyone has had the same experience and the same um, support in the in the in their departments um, there's a lot um, like for, for UK trainees the stress is mainly um, I have to focus on, you know, stepping up as a reg or my job or, or that. But for IMGs, there's an, there's an added extra load of stress outside work, number one, um, in getting everything arranged and, and, and in everything in the right place for your family. Like from a, on a personal perspective, at the time I came to the UK, my mom was very unwell and I was caring for her. She was with me and I was caring like she was like I, she needed um, full care and she was like bedridden so there's there's different if you if you speak to everyone there's different there's always something that that, that 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 has an impact on their work socially um, and then there's the aspect of missing home and missing family and adapting to a new environment for me it might be slightly different because I was born here and my mom is from Ireland so I often used to I have a strong connection and I go to Ireland so I'm familiar with the UK slash Ireland culturally, but for other people, it's 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 sometimes it's quite a big culture shock. It's um, um a language barrier issue. Like it's not so much like the the medical um, terminology or the medical language, but just what people are chatting about, what people are saying. They feel sometimes quite isolated. That some of the phrases, some of the terms, some of the interests, the cultural things. It takes time. Um, so all those added stresses, um, plus you have to um, get used to the working environment and how things work here, which are very, very different to any place abroad. From a clinical perspective, obviously, we, we've all, we all have quite good clinical, solid clinical background. And I think in some cases we might have even different clinical skills to people here because of the magnitude and of, of cases we see abroad. However... Um, adapting to the system, how um, communication skills is a very, very big, is high up there because um, uh, traditionally, like we, we are, our education abroad is very, very old school. It's where you just kind of 
it's very receptive. You just listen, you do your exams, you listen. There's no, not much opportunity for expression and discussion in the education system in general, like from the, very, from the very start, from school all the way up to university. And then you come out after med school and then there's that very, very um, embedded hierarchy in the medical field, which is almost like um, mil- like the military <laughs> when you start. So you don't have that chance. Like even as an SHO, you could never like discuss with your reg or challenge your reg or have the the the, the opportunity to express. You just have to kind of do do your work, and, and so that leaves us kind of slightly behind in communication skills. Uh, and this is something. This is a big thing that we struggle with when we come. Although from a clinical perspective. We don't have much problems. However, expressing ourselves, meetings, discussing, even simple things like handing over things that we struggle with at the very start. And then, um, so all that added stresses, then getting used to the system, getting used to the IT, getting used to the multidisciplinary team and how that works. That's a, that's a big, um, that's something kind of unique to hear. Um, although it is, in other countries, it's there, but it, the setup is not complete. Um, so, um, yeah, it's 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 like so much. Um, I was, uh, as I said, as I mentioned multiple times, and I will keep mentioning it again and again. I was very lucky to be in a very supportive environment. Having said that, I did miss induction, so I was too late, two weeks late for induction. So that itself was a bit of a, because I, I <laughs> although they tried their best to give me like a mini induction, but you know. It's not as easy when people are busy and on day to day. So I, I just want to take this opportunity um, and I'll, I'll shut up <laughs> is to um, I want to thank my SHO at the time. Uh, her name is uh, Helen Hughes. She's an ST6 doctor now uh, here in London, ST6 trainee. At that time, she was ST3. And we were kind of paired together in the neonatal unit. You know how you kind of do your shifts with the same um, SHO for the whole six months and I think um, our roles were slightly reversed in <laughs> she was and Nadia this is how you print a sticker Nadia this is how you request <laughs> so she gave me a mini induction and she was excellent so I just want to use this platform to say thank you to Helen and I will always be grateful and thank you again and again and I'll, I'll stop talking I'll let have Avon Jazz <laughs> talk but can I just ask Nadia before you stop talking about it yes. Yes. Can you tell us um, what what did apart from Helen, yes. what what did the Royal London do right um, that you've got such a positive experience? What what yeah what did they do right that you um, you you think so fondly of? Um, they were very understanding of the of the of the needs of of, of IMGs and. Um, um, obviously they they knew that from a clinical perspective like I before coming to them I had done four and a half years of neonatal level three so that I hadn't had any problems with my neonatal skills with my resuscitation my intubations my whatever but they 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 knew I was struggling from a communication perspective and they're very tolerant of that and uh and supportive and and didn't and 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 guided me on how to make it better basically and um, my education supervisor at the time, um, so uh, when I finished my first six months and I had made very clearly to him that I wanted to um, um, uh, apply for a training number. This is um, Dr. Murthy again. Thank you to Dr. Murthy. 
So he advised me to take a post in general fees rather than to continue neonates before I apply for a, for, um, for a training number. So um, I did go to general fees at the Royal London and I was terrified of the whole safeguarding thing like because I had never done that before. And, what, and the consultant was like, don't worry, we're here. There will always be somebody to discuss. We'll take you through it. Um, they they always made me feel reassured that there's somebody here to discuss, and and then they always help me, like they um, encourage me in audits, in quality improvement, in um, when I was applying for training, all the consultants offered to help me with interview practice. They pointed out and they understood the points that that I was struggling with, and they helped me a lot with them. Thank you, Nadia. That was really helpful. And I think you've given us lots of really useful insights into um, the adaptations you have to make as an international medical graduate to the systems that we have over here. And certainly it mirrors a lot of the conversations I've had with people locally. And I think we can almost split the, the things that have come out into in-work issues and outside-of-work issues. Um, I, uh, there are so many threads here that we could pick apart, but I'm just going to try and focus in a bit more on, on the sort of in-work experiences. I wondered if um, Habab or Jespreet, do either of you have any um, any thoughts or any experiences around your adaptations you've had to make to work and your experiences in the process that you could share with us? Uh, yeah. Um, as, as my colleagues mentioned, um, we have been like for for uh, for an IMG doctor. He uh, we have to be dealing with a lot of variables at the same time, focusing on the on the variables at the workplace. Um, I think we have already spoken about um, that. We haven't been able to reflect the experience we had overseas at the beginning uh, when we start working at the NHS. Although working, uh, we have been uh, me myself. I, I have worked in Sudan and in Saudi Arabia. I have worked in Sudan where I can say we have a very low resource health system. And despite of that, I have been still working very efficiently in Sudan. When I moved to Saudi Arabia, the health system was quite well established. And I have been able to prove myself very easily and settle into the system quite nicely. When I came to the UK, when I for the first one month, I was very like, not like shocked, but uh, yeah, I can say I was shocked uh, because I haven't been able to reflect that uh, clearly for the people. And I, and I need to work really hard to, to prove that point that, oh, you have a good doctor in your staff. So uh, the main challenges for me were about, the, uh, as Nadia mentioned and, and Rashmi mentioned, the communication skills, um, understanding the social norms. How to how to how to build like despite being a chatty person, I haven't been able to have a good rapport and a good uh, establish good friendship uh, immediately. I had to do like to, to work hardly in order to um, open for people and make people feel at ease when I'm around. Um, so the the communication with my with my colleagues and with my um, written communication. W- wasn't a problem at all it was all about the verbal communication and how do you need to communicate with your team and with your patients um for example language english language uh, by itself was a was a challenge although uh, many imgs uh, they have their english uh, cert- english um, language certificates and everything but when you came here to the uk you might be surprised by some 
term terminologies or different accents, different slangs, different words, which are different uh, expressions, which we are not quite familiar uh, with. Um, like, it's quite special to the NHS or to the UK in general. Uh, so those items or these, those elements were quite challenging at the start. Regarding like um, what I did or what, what uh, the department, like the department were quite patient, was quite patient and quite supportive. And they have been like encouraging the good things or the good, uh, the good stuff I'm good at, highlighting the stuff I need to improve myself on. And luckily, within a few months, I have been able to, 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 to go into, to step up into the registrar rota. And then the whole scope of work has been changed for me. Um, I understood what I need to do beside being a good clinician. I need to be a good manager and a good team leader. These two skills uh, weren't like quite highlighted uh, during my um, experience overseas in Sudan or in Saudi Arabia. Um, where you just need to be a good clinician with some leadership skills. But uh, in the UK, to, to be able to work at a registrar level, you need um, other stuff like being a leader or um, having leadership skills. You need to, 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 to show that quite, um, quite clearly to your team members and to, and to your consultants in order to practice efficiently. So these like some of the good stuff I learned uh, when I joined the NHS in the UK. I developed my leadership skills, my communication skills, and um, yeah, and besides the experience, like familiarize myself with, uh, with the concepts of the quality improvement projects and all this and all, of, and all of those stuff. All of these are quite large number of variables. All of them, you need, like we need to work uh, through all of them at the same time, which might be quite stressing and quite challenging at the start. But I think with time, things get easier. But when I, when I, like, I sit back and, and, and think retrospectively about stuff, I thought that uh, things might be, have been done like easier uh, um, or like if I got a proper, induc uh, proper induction that's tailored to my need, special as an IMG, not the general inductions that has been given to all the newcomers to the trust or to the hospital or whatever. So this was uh, like, like um, one of the points that uh, inspired us to, or inspired me personally to, to participate in the, into the soft landing project. Thank you, Habab. So you, yeah, again, you've given us lots to think about there. It's in, it just sounds incredible what your learning curve has to be at the start if you've um, graduated from abroad because it sounds like you had a really easy time of adapting to the Saudi Arabian system from the Sudanese system but then there are so many additional changes uh, uh, with the British system that you had a lot to adapt to and it's good to know that that's, that's where the inspiration is uh, for Team Soft Landing. The fact that perhaps the standard induction that's given to a British trained trainee isn't as appropriate from some, for someone who, who has trained abroad. Yes, exactly. There are certain needs and certain areas that needs to be highlighted in order to make the transition very smooth. Um, and I think it will just make the time of adjustment much lesser if, if like all the IMG pediatricians or IMG doctors have their specific induction or just to be tailored to their needs and to their uh, like, uh, just like, yeah, 
to make things much easier for them. Thank you very much, Habab. That's really, yet again, really helpful to get that insight. While we're we're talking about um, sort of in-work issues, Rashmi, we haven't uh, haven't had a chance to come back to you about this yet. Have you got any thoughts around this area? Um, I think from work point of view, um, as Habab uh, had mentioned in terms of leadership skills, um, and as um, Nadia had mentioned, in terms of the hierarchy, which we come from, even in sort of medical school, uh, we don't tend to question um, sort of, um, we don't tend to question uh, a lot. Um, and at times we just do as, our, as we are told to do. So in terms of when we do challenge uh, certain things, um, it, it it sometimes comes across quite bossy, especially for uh, females um, as such. Um, so it's just sort of pitching on to the right tone when, when you are talking al- along with your leadership skills, um, having that balance in terms of being not too loud and not too bossy, but at the same time um, expressing yourself and getting at times you do have to sort of get things done once you're working so having that balance it's something which I think IMGs sort of struggle for struggle with and um, sometimes even with sort of male counterparts on on similar sort of situations there are times when you find that especially with in terms of uh, listening to nurses or um, having that sort of teamwork effort in getting um, your sort of resuscitation or any other scenario um, having going through that it you, you do require a teamwork and to understand that teamwork I think uh, people who do sort of have worked in different areas, especially abroad, uh, overseas, um, they find it difficult to have that sort of flattened hierarchy uh, going through. So um, I think to start off with, yes, um, you um, do struggle. Uh, over a period of time, uh, you learn from uh, from your simulation scenarios, your communication skill scenarios, uh, which are inbuilt in the training. What I do notice a difference is that uh, because I've worked as a non uh, tra- as in not being in training as well, so the training is quite structured and it does help to achieve all your curriculum and your domains and your goals whilst you are in training. But how much focus is given to a non-trainee as a trust doctor is 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 quite different. And I can see those two aspects uh, of it because I was in non-training post for quite a while. And whilst I was not in training and still wanting to do few locums, at the time you, you, you do notice when you're working as a locum as well, there are some subtle differences. So, yes, the training is quite structured and it, it is very helpful to be in training, uh, have that structured curriculum, uh, which lets you um, sort of go through different domains um, and helps you build up not only your e-portfolio, but as a doctor in general. So, um, yeah, and e-portfolio is one of the other things which, uh, which um, it, it is quite, um, we, we don't do any sort of writing um, 
whilst we are medical students um there we don't keep our reflections so i i do sort of like <laughs> the portfolio as much as it is time consuming but if it is used in positive way um i think you can make a difference uh, to your curriculum and building up as a repository for um as your resources as well for what you've done in past uh, and what your goals are going to be in future uh but quite a few of my colleagues um do struggle with uh e-portfolio whether i'm i'm sure it's whether you are a uk trainee or non img but for non img especially because um as i said we don't keep any record of it at all thank you rashmi uh, to be fair i think e-portfolio is um i, I don't <laughs> i don't think um I don't think there are any advantages with the portfolio to being um a UK graduate but perhaps there is perhaps there is towards the reflective process we do get towards a lot of that in in medical school nowadays but maintaining a portfolio is is as much a learning process for us here as it is for anyone else I think so mega is an honorary dragon bites host today but also she's um, a welsh trainee who's an international medical graduate and we thought it'd be really great to have her here with us as a sort of bridging between the two groups mega what are what are your sort of experiences and and thoughts around the img process and and life uh, my my experiences have been very similar to um Nadia's Habab's and Rashmi's uh, experiences um when i first started i was terrified of making a mistake i was so terrified that what if i make a mistake and i lose my license to work here what if they send me back what if i go to jail these nightmares um have haunted me for four years um i did feel quite inadequate while i was working in work um because i was not able to perform at the same level as other trainees were um just little things like arranging a scan um had taken me longer than other trainees would because of the communication skills um hanging around waiting for people not asking people um because i was ashamed to ask people or i was reluctant to ask people i was scared to ask people i don't know what it was but um um it it all comes around communication of course but um those little things have um really made me anxious during my early years of training in this country um, um now i do feel better but it has taken me 5 years um and of course building rapport with colleagues um has always been um a very um difficult aspect for me but now tom is my best friend i can say that <laughs> um but yes um it, it has taken some time i it has taken some time to even understand jokes that people make because i'm not being of the same language as a, um as english trainees um from from not being from the same background not being from the same culture i did not understand did not understand these jokes before now i'm starting to learn more about it um so yes it does take time but eventually we um, we feel accomplished we feel better after some years um and that process can be made easier with um the team soft landings um efforts and i am really really impressed with the efforts team soft landing is making um um for us imgs 
Mega, mega, it sounds like you're almost describing at the start there, you know, like an imposter syndrome, but times five or something. Um, and, you know, knowing you and, and have knowing you previously before, I, you know, you never gave that impression at all um, from the way you conducted yourself. Um, I know we heard earlier about the differences between the experience as a tra- as a paediatric trainee and, 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 bef- and before that. Um, what, what's your experience like that? I definitely agree with that, uh, what Rashmi said, that being a non-trainee um, does have disadvantages over being a trainee. Um, because as a trainee, um, you have a voice and your voice is, your voice is heard better. Um, if you are not in a training post, um, you do, you're not into a run-through training program um, and you are an international graduate who holds a visa, uh, you are always scared that, you know, if you say something or do something, um, you might not get uh, a visa again or you might not get your visa extended and you might have to leave the country. Um, but coming back, coming into the training then helps you because now you have secured a job for long term for eight years or five years or whatever the training period is. Um, and um, you have um, someone overlooking you, for example, um, a, a head of the school or your TPD, and you can speak to people. You have a supervisor that that will um, help you if you are struggling. As a non-trainee, you do have a supervisor, a clinical supervisor as a non-trainee. Um, it does feel like um, the efforts are not the same as when you are a trainee. I feel like that's uh, that that's that's something that we certainly see, don't we? We have huge um, like organizations in place to help people who are in the training process, but probably not mirror organizations for those who aren't in the training process. Um, which I think it's, a, I mean, it's a real shame, but it's, uh, but as you said, Mega, it's, it's one of the great things that we're hope, hopefully when we find out more about Team Soft Landing, um, one of the great things about this, this um, project that you're all undertaking. I think we've spoken in a fair bit of detail about the sort of in-work aspects of things, but something that Nadi had mentioned earlier, and I wanted to come back to a little bit, was life outside work and how that can be a bit, um lonely for some people so i wanted to come to you next just brief if that's okay because you're someone who i just wanted to say thank you to nadia rashmi just and habab for joining us for this episode thank you to mega too for letting us know about her experiences please join us again next week when we'll be discussing the impact that moving to the uk can have on the personal lives of international medical graduates That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites.